Welcome to Journey of the Roadrunner, the podcast that takes you on an inspiring expedition through the diverse and captivating life journeys of remarkable individuals. I'm your host, Paul Stressner, who is on a journey to run a 5K in all 50 states. Coming to you with Adriana Ferns, my friend and personal trainer who's on a soul friend journey herself. We're thrilled to be your guides as we lace up and hit the road to explore the unique paths, challenges, triumphs, and wisdom that have shaped our guests into the extraordinary people they are today. Join us as we dive deep into personal stories of resilience, growth, and transformation, uncovering the secrets to success, happiness, and fulfillment. So whether you're a fellow runner in the race of life or simply curious about the incredible stories that unfold behind every individual, get ready to embark on an unforgettable adventure on Journey of the Roadrunner. Beat me. Now let's get the show on the road. Hey everybody, welcome to the 100th episode of Journey of the Roadrunner, and this will also be the final episode of the show as we know it, as it'll be coming back next week as an inspirational journeys. So I wanted to make this a special occasion, therefore we're coming full circle. As I was beginning the Roadrunner journey, I appeared on the podcast of today's guest. This was before I even had this podcast, and I was only blogging at the time, and this was around eight years ago. And um, his show, Diz Runs Radio, is still going strong today, if not stronger. So each week on his show, Jenny Cray has conversations with runners from every corner of the running world. And not only does Denny conduct great interviews, but he's also a running coach. And he gives weekly quick tips every week as well. So I'm very happy and honored to have Denny Cray. Welcome to the show, Denny. Hey Paul, thanks for uh, thanks for reaching out. Thanks for having me. An honor to be kind of the the end of the chapter of the Roadrunner as as people know it. And episode 100, that's a big deal. So yeah. uh, thanks for for bestowing that honor upon me. And and good to to reconnect after you said goodness. Time yeah. flies when we're having fun. It's been it's been a minute since we did this the other way around. And so glad to to come on your show. I appreciate it. Yep. And we were just talking about this. It was episode 218. I was on of yours. Oh, what? You're like well over a thousand now, aren't you? Yeah. It's been probably just about a thousand episodes. I think we're at about, we're, we're 12 something, 12, 12, yeah. 16, 12, 14, so, something like that. So it's been, you know, just keep plodding away, I guess. That's <laughs> so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was um, February of 2016 when I was on yours. And I think I, oh, we just went over all my episodes and we started the actual podcast in 2018. But I was know. blogging before that. So I know on your show, you do an icebreaker of um, what's your favorite distance to run and why. But uh, we're going to um, switch things up here. And we're going to do, um, you know, as a running coach, we have a listener question. Oh, but I have a phone call coming in. So somebody called Nelson. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> It's about to, the chaos is about to unsue, <laughs> ensue, whatever. Oh, oh, goodness. Hello, caller. You're on the air. The circus Hello, has coach. come to town. Here we go. What's up? <laughs> Hi, Carrie Nelson. Hi, Coach. How are you today? I am doing just fine. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's like five degrees here. It's, it's, it's mildly warmer than that here. It's probably 35 degrees. So we're we're, you know. It's not, it's not, it's not sultry here in Georgia today, but it's, uh, not, not five. So we'll take it. You can come up whenever you want and enjoy maybe, this weather. Maybe, maybe July, not January. Maybe July. 
<laughs> I, I heard there's no snow in New Hampshire in July, but that's that's still unconfirmed fact. I feel like sometimes that's a false statement. <laughs> that's that's why that's what I'm afraid of. That's why I'm not committing to coming up right now. We'll, we'll watch the weather and make those decisions later in the year. Okay. Well, if you change your mind, New Hampshire's open for you. All right. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, so yes everybody this is carrie nelson and i'm proud to announce that she's going to be the co-host for our new podcast inspirational journeys well, that's so. exciting <laughs> so we figured yeah. that this would be the one of the first episodes i would hop on with because it's you oh my goodness the honors the, the honors just keep on coming the, the final episode of this this format, the first test drive of the new format. Oh goodness! All right, <laughs> hit me with and, your best shot, Karen. And, and if um and if um people aren't familiar, um Danny is Carrie's running coach. If you've heard past episodes of Carrie, so yep. <laughs> so, did you happen to have a question, Carrie? Do I have a question? When when are you going to run a Spartan race with me? Oh, Lord. <laughs> Um, I don't, I don't have an exact date and I have learned over the years to avoid saying never. Um, especially if you, if the thing you're saying I will never do is something that you really don't want to do, the surest way to end up doing it is to say never. So as of now, um, I don't know, I don't know what the date will be, uh, Carrie, um, we're not going to say never because that gets me into trouble. Um, but I will say, don't, don't hold your breath. Don't, don't make plans on a, a, a Spartan tag team anytime yeah. soon, because man, I'm, I'm too, I'm, I'm too, I'm too dainty for that mud and muck and mire and all that stuff that you thrive in. I told you there's the stadium option, which there's no mud. Whatsoever. I mean, that's, that's at least mildly intriguing, but there's still involves way more than just running. And there's, I heard there's burpees involved and I, and I don't do burpees. That's, that's nonsense. We just run. Just running. It's fine. I'm, it'll be fun. <laughs> I promise. Well, <laughs> no, I, well, actually, I actually do have a real question for him. Okay. Um. So coach and I have been doing heart rate training. Um. And over the last couple of weeks, we've really started to uh, get into it more and more. So today I was on the bike, right? Because you said mix in bike stuff with mm -hmm. um, everything. And I was pushing like more so than I would running and my heart rate was substantially lower than if I was shuffling along, uh, running at like an easy, easy pace. So why, where is that? Is it because of my leg issues that I have that that's causing that discrepancy or is it just something that's different with when you're seated versus in a standing running position? Yeah, it's it's definitely more the physiology and the and and just in general. A anybody um is going to I'm gonna, I'll say almost anybody. There's always that one exception to the rule, right? But for the most part, um yeah, you can work on on a you know, RPE or, or you know, kind of perceived exertion level. Um you can you can work a lot harder on the bike, feel like you're really pushing hard, huffing and puffing, dripping the sweat. And your heart rate has a tendency to stay down a lot lower than it does for anything close to that level on, on when you're running. And it, it has to do with fully standing when you're running versus, yeah, something of that seating position. It makes it, you know, it's just a little bit less gravity that your heart has to work in terms of pumping the blood because it doesn't have to go quite as far. Um, and there's also, you know, without getting too deep into the weeds of the physiology, um, 
the pounding force, just, just like how your body responds to pounding on the running versus obviously, you know, hopefully, hopefully there's not a whole lot of pounding going on in the bike. You're just kind of more smooth movements, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that helps to keep the heart rate helps to where you have to push harder to get the heart rate up to the same level. So, um, so yeah, there's, it's a little bit, it's, it's mostly physiology. Um, and, and for some folks that are are new to heart rate training, um, as runners, or at least those that, and I think this is probably most of us, cause even me sometimes, and I've been doing this for, I don't know, five or six years, but when you get frustrated about how, how it feels like you're not working very hard when you're running and your heart rate goes up, uh, higher than you want it to be, jump on the bike and you can knock yourself out in terms of like feeling like you're working really hard. And like, yeah. and then you almost get frustrated the other way. Like, why is my heart rate still down so low? Yeah. Um, which is a good problem to have. Yeah. Uh, but, but at least you, you know, you, you don't have to feel like you have to hold way back. You can get a pretty, uh, at least like, again, aerobically probably about the same level workout, but at least in terms of how you feel the endorphins, the, the huffing and puffing and some of that, that, that type of satisfaction, uh, you might find you get more of that from a, quote unquote, easy ride versus an easy run, because they don't tend to be feel the same way in terms of easy. Yeah, that makes sense. I was like on it this morning and I was like, I feel like I'm working so much harder. Yep. (laughs) And I'm just cruising it. Like my heart rate's just like hanging out at like 135. And I'm like, that's, that's a good spot. That means that, that, you know, that also means that there's a a decent level of aerobic fitness, which I think we already knew and suspected. But it kind of helps to confirm that too, when it's like, especially because again, you know, getting back into running, sometimes you you feel like, well, God, maybe I'm not as fit as I thought I was because I can't maintain, you know, whatever pace, ten minute pace, eleven minute pace, twelve minute pace without my heart rate going up into the one fifties. Yeah. Then you get on the bike all of a sudden, and you're like, all right, well, maybe I can't. Maybe I, there is something here that's that's strength in my heart, strong and and that type of stuff. So yeah. nice little confirmation that that we're on the right track because I think we are. Well, well, I mean. You haven't led me in the wrong direction yet, coach. So. <laughs> Try not to. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. So, um, I'd like to like get into your background, Danny. Now, um, uh, what, how did you get into running? Were you a runner in high school or how did you get going with that? No, I was not what? a runner in high school. Um, at the risk of, in an attempt to not make this story last the whole entire rest of, of the <laughs> podcast, I'll, I'll try to do the quick version, but, uh-huh. um, I, I played, I played ice hockey in high school. Um, I was not good by any stretch. Don't, don't, don't assume that I was flying up and down the ice, but, um, you know, so I'd run a little bit in the fall getting ready for, for hockey, but you know, I mean like two miles would be like, that was a long run. Like, yeah, two miles, you know? And in college, I mean, I wasn't an athlete in college at all, um, but I'd run, run enough to try to keep, um, you know, keep the beer belly in check, keep the, the, the pizza belly in check, things like that. And then when I was in grad school, I was, I was working with the track and cross country team at, at uh, middle Tennessee state university. And a, as an athletic trainer, that was what my, my undergraduate degree was in. And, and I was, that was kind of the career path I was on. And, uh, I, I would sit out at practice and, I, and, and our practices, we were, we, our team was pretty. I mean, I guess it kind of fits my style, but they were very laid back. It was very laissez-faire. Um, the, the, the coach would post the workouts and it was kind of expected that the athletes would come do the workouts, but like based on class schedules and things like that, it wasn't like everybody had to be at the track from two to three 30. It was like the tracks open at one and, you know, just come at any point after that and get your workouts in. And, you know, I'll, the coach will be there for a certain amount of time, but they're not there the whole time. Yada, yada, yada. So anyway, I'd be at the track from, you know, one o'clock until five 30. Uh, just kind of sitting and doing a little bit of studying because I was a grad student at the time. And eventually just out of sheer boredom. I mean, it was just like, 
I'm falling asleep. You know, I've still got athletes here that are stretching. Nobody's really doing anything, but I also can't really leave yet because there's still athletes here. Um, so it's like, well, I'll go run a couple laps just to kind of wake up and move a little bit. And, um, over the course of the two years that I was with the team, you know, we'd go on away meets and it was like, I, I was starting to almost enjoy running. I wouldn't say I was, I was fully enjoyed or fully committed yet, but like, you know, you just I'd run a little bit more tomorrow and a little bit more the next day. And we'd go on away meets and it's like, you know, again, track meets are fun, but they can be an all day affair. And there'd be, there'd be sections of the day where I wouldn't have any athletes that were certainly not competing and also not even in the warm up cool down. Like everybody's just chilling. And so I, I'd have an hour or two and I'd sneak out and just go run around and take a tour of the, you know, the Auburn campus or the Georgia tech campus or whatever, whatever school we happened to be at for the day. Um, and that's, that's where, it, that's where it kind of started it was, it was 2008, 2009 in terms of like, like I didn't hate running. I wasn't, I wasn't enthralled in it. I didn't, I didn't love it like I do now, but I could at least go out for an hour and run and not be miserable for 59 minutes and 40 seconds of the, of the hour long run. Um, so that's where I started. And then it was just kind of, you know, it stayed in the background as an exercise thing. And I, I ran my first marathon in 2010, woefully ill-prepared. Um, I ran, I ran my first 17 miles of a marathon in 2010. And then I, I staggered, crawl, walked, uh, the final, whatever it was, eight, eight miles or eight, nine miles or whatever the exact math worked out to be. Um, and said, I'd never do it again. And then I came back and ran the marathon again the next year. Also not very successfully, but I guess at that point I was hooked enough. Um, maybe not by marathons. I think I might've swore off marathons after the second one and said, I'll only do half marathons from here. Um, which that probably only lasted about six, six weeks or, or, or I mean, about six months before I was like, Oh, maybe I'll do another marathon. Now, before so, that first marathon, did you do any kind of training for that? Or did you just show up? <laughs> uh, yes. Um, <laughs> you know, so, so I didn't, for having a, an exercise science background and, and whatnot, you'd, you'd think I would have known better or trained better or, or sitting around watching track practice every day for two years. Like I should have known, but you know, in my defense, our long, you know, the longest distance in college track and cross country is like, you know, the 10 K. Um, so, so I wasn't, I wasn't really maybe the, I don't know, whatever, maybe cross country was a tick longer, but nothing, nothing, certainly nothing longer than 10 miles. Um, and so I, 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 my training for the first marathon was I would run once a week, and I was just doing a long run every week and progressively getting my long run. Like every week I'd go an extra mile or mile and a half, something like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I capped out at about 14 miles the week before the marathon. And I legitimately thought that like, well, hell if I got, I got half the way through, I got more than half the way through the marathon. Be easy peasy, which is, which is ridiculous. A, just because of anybody who's run a marathon knows that, you know, halfway is maybe 20 miles, not 14. <laughs> Um, but also because every time I would do these long runs where I'd extend it by a mile or whatever, mile and a half, that last mile, that new, that uncharted territory was always killed me. You know, if I, if I did 10 miles last week and I was going to do 11 this week, this first 10, like, I mean, not that I was flying fast, but like, you know, I, I felt pretty good. And then it, like, I mean, like clockwork, as soon as my watch would hit 10 miles, probably mentally as much as anything, if I look back on it, but I, the watch would hit 10 miles and it was like, Oh, and it was just like, like that last mile or mile and a half to get back to the house was just brutal. But then next week when I was going to do 12 miles and that 11, no factor, like just cruising right along, good to go. And then that, then I get to mile 11 and I have another mile to go. And like, it was brutal. So how I can, how I could have thought that I, you know, when, when my track record from whatever, my first five mile long run, quote unquote, long run all the way up until, you know, I ran my 14, every next distance was always brutal. 
how I could have possibly thought that, oh, if I ran 14, then the last 12 will be no big deal is, is <laughs> like that, that makes no sense. Um, but yeah, I legitimately thought that I, at 14 miles, 14 miles a week or not even a week, one week of 14 miles, one week before race day, I thought I was good to go. Um, I think, I think I made it to about 17. You know, I had that race day adrenaline, a little bit of extra shot on race day to, to push a little bit farther, but I didn't have an extra 12 miles in the bank that day. That's um, misery, man. Oh, it was, <laughs> and it was, it was cold I mean, and not, and like, and not like South cold. Like it was, I mean, I guess not like proper cold either, but it was, it was a Disney marathon in 2010. Hmm. Um, and I think the high that day was 30 degrees and like, there was ice at the water stops. Like the, the road, road top was iced over. And like, I stopped at like mile 17 to like give my wife my sweatpants. Cause I was starting to heat up. Um, and maybe that's threw me off too. Cause I stopped, I, I lost my momentum, stripped off the sweatpants and gave her my, my heavier gloves. So I was like, all right, I'm, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm kind of warmed up. And then, you know, then I'm walking nine miles when it's 30 degrees and the wind's blowing and I don't have sweatpants on anymore. And that was marathons were really dumb. I mean, marathons are still marginally dumb sometimes, but that one was that, that day marathons were, were I feel like there's always a point in marathons at some point, even for like the most conditioned runner that you're like, this is the most ridiculous thing ever. And I don't know why I signed up for this. Like at some point, maybe it's just me. I don't know. But like, I always hit, there's always a point somewhere. And it's usually between 17 and 22, where it's just like, this is this is stupid. I'm never doing this again. Like, and it might be for like a passing second or it might be like New York where it was like <laughs> miles. <laughs> um, but at some point during that little time, it's like, this is stupid. And then like you hit the back end of, you know, 22, 23 and you get that last little rush of adrenaline to mm-hmm. force yourself to the finish. And you're like, this is amazing. This is awesome. I'm going to do it again. Like <laughs> what's the next race? Yeah. I think, I think sometimes it- at least for me, you start to, it's, it's when you start to do the math and you're like, all right, well, I've been, and obviously it depends on your pace and whatnot, but it's like, all right, I've been out here for two hours. I've been out here for two, three hours, whatever. And then you start to go, well, shoot, I've still got 10 miles to go or eight miles. I've still got an hour and a half and I've been out here for three hours. Like, holy crap. Like, this, yeah. <laughs> like this thing's never going to end. So yeah, it's, it's kind of right there in that 16, 18, 20, 22 mile range where you just like, like if, if you allow yourself to do the math of how long have I been out here? How far have I gone? And holy cow, I've still got six miles, eight miles, 10 miles, 12 miles to go. Yeah. That can make that, that rough patch real rough. And um, for for Disney, Disney marathon, that's like a really hard section of the course too, because there's there's not a lot happening, right? Like you're just on the road, just running for miles and miles and miles. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the, I've done the, I've done Disney now, I think four times. And that's, that's kind of that, that, once you leave Animal Kingdom, depending on exactly how the numbers are shaken out, and for those that don't have that don't speak Disney, we'll try not to get too deep into the weeds, but <laughs> that is, you know, kind of right in there, 16, 17, 18 miles, something like that. And then you're you're kind of just on your own for I mean, not on your own, because there's twenty thousand people running. So you're never really on your own. <laughs> yeah. But the scenery is less than what the the ads sometimes make it out to be for a chunk of miles until you get back into the next park and then mm-hmm. and then you kind of have stuff to look at the rest of the way. But yeah, there's there's a couple dry patches at the Disney Marathon for sure, and and that one right there at that 17, 18 mile mark is is tough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In terms of, uh, have you done the Blizzard Beach slog? Okay, so compared to uh, the sports like madness of never ending miles versus blizzard beach. Which one do you prefer? 
I love Blizzard Beach when I did it. I, I've only done that 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 loop once. I mean, I like I like I I think I'm on. I don't know if I'm on record, but I think I've I've come to grips of like I don't really have any desire to go back. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I will at some point go back to Disney parks and stuff. We used to have annual pass when we lived close. We were there regular, relatively regularly. But the water parks are like my favorite. Like the water park, like like the the, the parks parks are are good. But the water parks, like it's it's people watching Supreme. Everybody's on vacation. Nobody cares. All everything you like, it's awesome. I love it. Um. So so Blizzard Beach was fun for me because like I lo- I'd rather go to Blizzard Beach than really rather go to Typhoon Lagoon. I think. But whatever. It, let's not split hairs. You know the water. So so that was fun and it was different too because that was the first year I did it when I ran it there. 2020 when uh before in the before times when when you know there were still races in january of 2020 <laughs> um and and running through there was was fine and you know it's it, it's it and it uh, does kind of break up a little bit of the monotony that's i didn't like this the go to the sports you know espn zone it was just like it was just miserable miserable yeah so i'll take i'll take blizzard beach over espn but, for sure now what's the blizzard beach that you talk about is it just is there a race through it's it's a water park and yeah you run yeah. through it i mean but just like like it's not like you're in there for miles is it, like you're is it in like there a 5k for, or something or not even, not even. Oh, like, right. like it's just it's just part of the course oh, so it's, oh, it's, it's like the, oh okay all right yeah you run through the parking lot which feels like it it goes on forever and then you're uh-huh. in the, the water park for like probably not even a mile a mm-hmm. half a mile three quarters of a mile something like that mm-hmm. and then you're back out in the parking lot for what feels like forever but it's just uh-huh. it's just it's just a little you know a little a little dip to make sure we get to 26.2 miles so oh, I uh, see. depending mm-hmm. on how the course is laid out but oh, it's so much better than espn so paul i don't know if you've ever like experienced any part of like the espn zone ever or been over in that section yeah i, I did all packet pickup but yeah there. that's so all i know you, of it yeah you literally run every single like, field in that oh, all the backfield oh, stuff yeah oh my god it's, it's <laughs> <a lot>. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then you you inevitably end up with some little piece of gravel from the warning track or from the, the something in your shoe and you're just like ugh. so yeah i'm not a wasn't a fan of the couple times i ran through there <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, people think Disney races, they probably immediately think of the parks and stuff. But yeah, I did the Dark Side 5K as my Florida race, and it was at Epcot, and like most of the race was in the like the back parking lot, yep. <laughs> and then you finally get into the park itself, and it's not even that far. <laughs> yeah, it's there, so. you know they, they they do a great job with them, and, and like you know I'm not completely Disney bash, and they do a great job with the marketing. Yeah, of like it's. 26 miles of Disney magic and like, yeah. and they, they, they try to make it so that you never have too much of a stretch where there's not at least a character stop or there's not something going on, some type of entertainment. But yeah, like I think for the marathon, I don't know that I've ever gone back and calculated it, but like, I can't imagine you're in the parks for more than like five miles out of 26.2. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, just because you got to get to the parks, so you got roads that way. And like, mm-hmm. you know, especially um, magic kingdom, like you're pretty much in and out before the park opens, but the other parks start to be open. So then they got, people that are guests coming into the park that they're trying not to shut it down for them. But so it's just, it's a whole thing, but like, yeah, yeah you might be in for maybe five miles out of 26 instead yeah. of all the magic that you think you might get. I think Epcot probably out of all of them is probably the longest between the yeah. beginning and the end now. Cause they start, they start you in Epcot now mm-hmm. and you go through part of the park. If I remember it's been a while, and then at the end, you go through the world, obviously. And then Hollywood, like you're in it for like a second. A second. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of a bummer, but. Yeah. It's what it is. They, you know, they, and it changes up a little bit every year, but that's, mm-hmm. that, that, you can only, you can only have too many alterations and still have it start and stop at the same right. place at 26 miles. So it's, it ends up being pretty similar most years. 
Now, in your opinion, do you think that's like good, um, like marathon for beginners for the like first one? Yeah, Or I are mean, there I, anything else? Is are any other races that you would think of that come to mind? I mean, I th I think it's I think, I think it's a good beginner friendly marathon if you're a Disney fan. You know, like like at the end of the day, if you're not a Disney fan, don't waste your time doing Disney. Like it's like, it's not a cheap race. I mean, there's more expensive ones, but it's not a, it's not a cheap race. Any of any of the distances are not cheap there, um, and you're paying for the Disney like you're paying for the, you're paying for Dis you're paying Disney prices because you're at Disney. So if, yeah. if you're looking for You know, it's relatively flat, although there are some overpasses and they're, you know, again, like if you're, if you live in Florida, which I have done long enough, like those overpasses are substantial. Um, if you're from somewhere where there's proper Hills, like they're not that big of a deal, but they're also like, they tend to always be at the end of the race. So it's like, you're at, you know, mile, mile 20 is there is where the overpass is or for the half, it's like rolling Hills from 11 miles to 13 miles or whatever. And it's just like, it'd be nicer to have these at the beginning than at the end. But, you know, like in terms of like, difficulty it's not obviously it's it's florida like there's not a lot of elevation like it can be a little warm you know like i mean it was 30 that one year but most of the years it's it's 60s and 70s and the sun is shining was hot, remember? 2020 was like, hot yeah, yeah was for sure warm. um so so you know you you don't have any guarantees with the weather but i mean again if you're a disney fan yeah do it great race you know great experience even though it's you're not going to be in the parks as much as you want. You get some great photos. You get to see some of the behind the behind, you know, backstage stuff that you don't ever really get to see unless you pay for the big fancy VIP tours. Yeah. Um, you may not want to see all the backstage. Sometimes that can be a little bit depressing of like, wow, it looks so great. Yeah, it was the magic. Yeah. And, and in the back, it's kind of not so great, but like, you know, I mean, it is what it is, but um, yeah, if you're not a Disney fan, there's other very great beginner races. There's also, you know, very great, more challenging races, but you might as well, you know, if you're not a Disney fan and especially if you don't live, like I, I ran it so often because we were local. So like, mm -hmm. even though it was an expensive race, like I had no travel expenses, I had no lodging expenses. I had, I, I just, you know, paid a little bit more for the race fee, but then like I, you know, 30 minutes from my house and like, we we're good to go. And it was easy peasy. So, um, so yeah, it's good for what it is. I'll probably run again at some point, but now that it's a bigger commitment to get there and all that good stuff, it's not high on my list at all. I think, you know, a lot for it's a great first marathon for a lot of people, but I think like, you know, as coach said, you know, if you love Disney and you've done Disney, then you kind of have an idea of what you're signing up for. But for a lot of first timers, you know, I belong to a bunch of the run Disney boards just to kind of keep tabs on what's going on down there and for January and the marathon. And then they did the Disneyland half a couple of weeks ago or last weekend um you start to see all the like group things pop up on your facebook feed about like this was like chaotic like i waited all this time for this like it was such a process to get to the corral like i had to get up early like and so for anybody who doesn't understand the disney way of life like that can be a really <laughs> overwhelming thing to like sure. you know it's not as simple like not that like Boston or any of those races are simple, but like, like your average, like local marathon or race that you're, you're waking up for and going to run for the day. Like you can roll out of bed, drive to the location and, you know, hop in the corral and you're good to go with like Disney, you're up at 2am and, or whatever time and having to get to the parks and figure out the stress of parking and where you need to go and, run the race and then afterwards where you go from there and so 
there's a lot, a lot. it can be overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So uh yeah daddy how how did you decide to become like a running coach you kind of transitioned into that yeah i kind of i don't want to say i backed into it but i guess i kind of it, it kind of happened by accident maybe sort of so um i was i was <laughs> actually you know as as uh since the conversation has been around disney i was i was an athletic trainer not employed by the mouse but we were i was working for a company and we were, we were contracted at the park so we worked with mm -hmm. the entertainment um cast members whether it's you know, characters or performers, singers, dancers, we worked on like an injury prevention program. And it was, it was a lot of fun for a while. Um, and then the upper level politics between the company I was with and, and where we were working, like things started to change. And so, and ultimately, well, not ultimately, but also leading to some of the frustration was it was, it was a 30 minute drive or 40 minute drive on race morning. Cause we were going at four o'clock in the morning or whatever to get there. Um, but to get there at normal time when rush hour and things like that, it would be anywhere from an hour and 10 minutes to an hour and 40 minutes, just depending on how the parking lot known as I-4, um, how, how functioning the, the interstate was that day. Um, so I was getting, I was getting sick of the drive and, and all that to say, I started kind of thinking of what, what else could I do in an athletic training world? Like there weren't a lot of options that were super appealing to me. Um, just cause where we were in life, I didn't want to travel with like a, a college team or a pro team or things like that, which is kind of what I wanted to do when I was 18 and pursuing it. But then you're married and you're talking about having a family and being gone for, you know, the baseball season for seven months a year, like that didn't sound as appealing as it did when you're 19. So all that way to say, I, I had a, a strength and conditioning, um, certification as well as my athletic training, uh, certification. So it's like, well, I wonder if I kind of started putting some flyers out and do personal training, uh, but I didn't want to work out of a gym. So I was working on location. Basically I'd go to people's houses. I'd go to their offices. I'd, I'd go to, I'd go to my, my personal training clients and, and bring weights and bring equipment and things like that. And, and I mean, obviously we weren't doing hundreds of pounds of squats and things like that, but it was some dumbbells and some kettlebells and, and body weight stuff and things like that. And so I started, I started doing that probably six months or so before I ultimately left my, my job that I was working at, uh, contracted at, at the parks and, uh, just started building up some, some clientele, uh, that way in terms of personal training. I went down from full-time 40 hours a week to full-time 32 hours a week. So I picked up an extra day off to, to kind of continue to build that up. And then, you know, eventually got to the point where it was like, I could either, yeah, I basically had to, to choose or I had to take the leap either. I, I can't take on more personal training clients or, um, you know, without, without quitting the, the day job completely. So, uh, I made that leap and then, and that was probably about the same time I started the podcast and, and I was just kind of doing the podcast for fun. Cause most of my, my appointments were either in the morning, uh, or in the evening or, um, on the weekends. And I kind of had my, my wife was working, you know, her job. So she was gone all day. Um, so I kind of had all this time in the middle of the day to dabble with a running podcast. And I, somewhere through there, people started asking if I coached and I was like, nah, you know, I don't have the right certifications. I'm not RRCA certified. I don't know, blah, 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 blah. Um, and after enough people started to ask, I was like, well, let me look and see what, you know, maybe I should try to get certified because I was very much in the mind of like, I need to know what I'm talking about in order to do this. And then I looked into what the, the certification program was. And it was like this weekend course of like, oh, I've taken that class in graduate school and I've taken that class in graduate school. And I've taken, I've literally taken every class that they were, that they were offering every, you know, this one hour lesson on, on exercise physiology. And I was like, I took an I took two undergraduate exercise physiology classes and a, and a master's degree exercise physiology class. Like I started to just do the math and go, I bet you I 
I'm pretty competent in terms of what they're going to teach in that weekend that like over six years of schooling, I probably got most of my bases covered. So I was just like the next person that I asked, or I, I think I might've even just had an email list at the time and sent an email. I was like, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Is anybody interested? Um, and I had a few people that were like, yeah, you know, like let's, I'd love some help. And, um, I, I pretty get, I gave a pretty good sweetheart deal of like maybe a few months free to kind of help me work the kinks out. And, um, so I had a couple of, that's probably why I had a couple of volunteers. And then, um, from there it was just kind of, I hate to say it was organic growth, but it was organic growth. It was just, you know, one person here and two people here and somebody drops off and then another one pops on and, uh, it evolved over time. But, uh, um, eventually it got to the point where, and, and then also it helped that we had a, a daughter, um, at some point through, through that process. And so it was like, I mean, I was, I was, if I was lucky getting home from my morning personal training appointments, just in time to, to kiss my wife and daughter on their way out to, to work and daycare. Um, and if they got out on, on about time, then they got home just in time for me to give them a kiss and then head out to my evening appointments. And so, um, I don't know that there was ever a, a proper heart to heart of like, this doesn't work in, but it was, it was clear to everybody that it wasn't working. It wasn't, it wasn't sustainable long-term in terms of just not ever being home. And like, I'd had enough running clients, I guess at that point or running coaching uh, folks that I was working with, where it was just like, you know, kind of like the same thing with taking the, the leap into entrepreneurship to begin with. It was right. like, I can't quite make up everything that I'm, you know, if, if I cut off the the personal training folks, but it was close enough that like, and then I would be home, you know, and that was the big thing. I could help get my daughter ready in the morning. I could make dinner because um, my wife would get home. And the last thing she's wanting to do after you know, she had a pretty demanding job at the time was like, figure out what's, what's for dinner and figure out what's to dinner for a, you know, a two-year-old that's not super fussy, but she's a two-year-old. So what, what was great today is terrible tomorrow. And you just never know what's going on. So like, um, she was all for it. And so that was when I, I guess, made the official leap into all, all things running as, as both, you know, hobby and fun and exercise and also, um, income and, you know, kind of my professional life. Perfect. That's so awesome. And, um, and you, you had, um, it was kind of similar. Like you started off as a blog too, just like I did. And then yep. it kind of like morphed into yep. doing the podcast. So, um, yeah. So, so you, you just like the format of the podcasting better and you, you could reach more people. How did you, how did you get into the podcasting side of things? Yeah, I, I, I guess, I mean, I, I, I started listening to podcasts in like, Oh, seven, Oh eight, but they like it. And it's, it sounds I mean, I guess that was, you know, almost 20 years ago now, which is crazy to think crazy, about, but yeah. like, like at the time it was like pretty much the only things that were, were podcasts were at least the, the things that I was listening to. I'm sure there were other things, but the, the, as far as what I was, is what I knew of podcasting, it was like the morning, you know, drive time radio show would put their, their whole three hour show up on iTunes. So you could listen to the whole show because, you know, if you're driving for 20 minutes and then you, you cut a little bit and then you, you miss the rest of it. Um, and so I would, I, that's, how, that's what I knew of podcasting. And I also knew what a pain in the took us. It was to like, have to hook your iPad or iPod, uh, gotta yep. get my right, my right vowels here, <laughs> hook your iPod up to your computer every day. Cause it had to sync down that way and connect to the mm -hmm. cord and go through iTunes and yada, yada, yada. So I'd given up on podcast or not, I don't know, whatever. I, I grew up somewhere or stopped listening to, you know, Chucky and cheese or whatever the, the, the <laughs> morning shows were. And, uh, so I was, I was in a, a local, um, like business, you know, I don't want like networking group or, you know, we'd have a, a monthly breakfast type of deal or whatever. And, uh, somebody was like, dude, you should, you should listen to podcasts. Like, there's a lot of good entrepreneurial podcasts and things like that. And this would have been like early part of 2014. And, uh, I was like, no, dude, I know what podcasts are. And like, there's nothing. And he was like, no, you should check it out. 
and so, you know, I kind of started into to seeing some of the the different, um, you know, the Pat Flynn's and the John Lee Dumas's and some of the the kind of early, or at least early in terms of podcasting as a business and entrepreneurial space and things like that. And I was just kind of like, wow, this is awesome. And I I, I started, uh, I took like a podcasting course and one of the early early days ones and started a different podcast actually in in February of 2014 that was all kind of like health tips, things like that for my personal training business, basically. It's kind of like a marketing tool for that. And then at some point I was like, oh, if I can do one podcast, it'll be easy to do another podcast, which is ridiculous because it just makes it way harder. But I, I thought that if I was doing one where I was interviewing people, that would be a lot easier because I wouldn't have to do all the work. Like I wouldn't have to do all the work, like, which is again, ridiculous. Like I, you know this and, and I know this, that, that uh, th- this part is easy. It's, it's all the work before the prep, yeah. the lining people up, the post work, like that's, that's the work part. Um, but I was like, oh, I'm doing the one podcast already. That's just me. Like, what if I just talk to runners? Like again, cause this is where I've got all this time in the middle of the day. I got nothing going on. Um, I, I, you know, hoping to get personal training clients midday, stay at home moms, things like that, but not really having too much success with that. So I got all this time midday. Yeah. I can just do a running podcast and see, you know, and it, and it legitimately was like, it was just for fun. It, it was no grand ambition. But when I started that, I, I think I kept both podcasts going for like two months or three months. And I was just like, man, I'm having like actually kind of enjoying talking to people and like, yes, it's a lot of work. And, and also it was way too much work to try to keep both of them up going two times a week. Plus all the other things that I was trying to do work-wise. So gave up on the the better health one Oh one podcast and focused just on, on Diz runs and, um, just as a passion play, like it was just for fun. It kind of turned into more than that, I guess. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> just a little bit more. You've got quite the tribe of people now. So yeah, you know, people put up with my nonsense, I guess. So I, I guess there's, there's, a, there's, I should be, there's some compliment in there somewhere that people are going to keep, keep listening to me yammer on in their, in their ears. So yeah, it's, it's, it's grown into a thing, which is pretty cool. No, I think that, you know, from somebody who listens to you regularly and have worked with you for years now. And I belong to, you you know, your Facebook group and you're just, a you're, you're really easy to relate to. And I think that's one of the big mm-hmm. things that a lot of people gravitate to. It's like, you're not shoving. And we've talked about this before. Like you're really good about, you know, you, like giving information in a way that is easy for people to comprehend. It's not overwhelming. Um, you don't make people feel like if they're not doing it a specific way, then they're failing at everything. Right. And I think that when it comes to fitness and running and all of that stuff, there's this perception that social media has created, especially now, um, where if you're not doing it at, you know, a seven thirty eight minute pace or whatever, mm-hmm. then you're doing it wrong. And, um, you're not a runner and blah, 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 blah. So like to have someone who is extremely educated in what they are doing, uh, and is relatable and kind and listens to what their athletes are saying and their concerns, um, people are going to gravitate towards that. And that, that is, I mean, if you just look at, at the tribe that you have on Facebook, like that speaks in volumes you know? Thank you. I, I, I try, you know, it's, it's, it's you just try to try to, I don't know. I guess I just try to, to, to keep it, keep it simple, try not to make it too serious, but at the same time, I mean, it's things that, you know, I mean, everybody's got their various goals, whatever they might be, and they take their goals seriously, but also at the same time, like, um, and I know I've had this, I think we've had this conversation Carrie. I know I've had it with a few folks, um, you know, privately or, or whatever, but it's like, you know, if I, if I, 
if any of us, I think at least the three of us, I'm comfortable saying that probably most folks listening, you know, if we go out and we got this goal race and whatever the distance is, whatever the goal is, it matters to us. We want to be successful. And it's just a crappy day for whatever it is. Crappy because of the weather, crappy because of the course, crappy because we just didn't feel good. Like whatever, you know, I'm going to come home and hopefully my, my dog is still going to love me. Um, hopefully my daughter might look off the TV for two seconds to at least acknowledge me, which, you know, that's, that's always a, you know, yeah, hopefully my wife's going to give me a kiss. Like, like at the end of the day, my race performance doesn't impact my life is what I'm trying to say. And, mm-hmm. and it, it matters. Like I want to succeed and I want to push my limits and I want to do more. However, I'm defining more for myself. And I think that I'm, I'm going to get there. And I, I hope that most of the folks that, whether it's people I coach or people that listen to the show or whatever, that I hope that they're successful and they get there as well. But I think sometimes too many folks, and I've been guilty of this too. So it's not me trying to just cast, you know, throw shade, but like, like, it's like, oh man, I miss my PR. Like my world is over. Like, no, it's not like your world, your world doesn't care. <laughs> you know, like you care, I care. Um, but like the sun's going to come up tomorrow and you know, you're going to recover and you're going to go out and you're going to, you're going to try it again and you're going to be successful next time, hopefully. Um, so yeah, I, I try to keep it relatable and try to, to recognize that like running is important to, to, to runners, but it's also like, it's just a piece of life and other things in life also matter and other things in life probably should and do matter more. And so sometimes you got to put running on the back burner to take care of the, the things that, you know, family and uh, maybe work and some of those types of things that, that at the end of the day, like do rock the boat a lot more than a PR or not a PR or a, you know, a, a, a set my, my, my best, you know, uh, I, I claim the king of the mountain on Strava. Like, okay, I mean, that's cool. But like, you know, like you're not getting paid for that. So like, make sure that you, you keep it kind of keep it real, I guess right. is what I try to do as much as possible. That's true. And that Strava stuff, man. Some of them get, go deep. Strava's, Strava's great, but also terrible. <laughs> all at the same time. Like all of social media, I guess. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now, what kind... Do you have runners of, like, all different distances? Like, do you have, like, um, like track athletes? Or I know you have marathoners, stuff like that. So, yeah, you must have different training plans for all different kinds of runners, huh? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I have too many... I don't think I have any track athletes. Um, okay. I think I'm, I'm safe in saying that, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, we've got, we got folks that, that dabble in all the distances, some that are, are more, you know, exclusively the longer distance type of things. We've got some clowns like Carrie that dabble in <laughs> running where you have to jump over things and swim through mud and, you know, do burpees as punishment. But yeah, like as, as a coach, I'm, I'm, I am very much in the one size fits one type of mentality. Uh, I don't, I don't dabble in like, well, all the marathon trainers are going to do this, this training plan, or at least, you know, everybody that's running Chicago this year, we're all going to do the same. Like, no, 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 because, because everybody's got different goals. Right. And everybody's got different, you know, some people like their long run on Saturday and some people like their long run on Sunday and some people work weekends. So their long run is Tuesday. And like, it's just like, like to try to, to pigeonhole everybody into one plan, just in my head. Um, and again, I know it works for some people and some people, they just kind of like, like having that group experience and like, and, and great, you know, that that's, that's fine to each their own. There's, there's plenty of, of great coaches and coaching programs out there that have successful groups and that works for their, their athletes or some of their athletes or whatever. That's awesome. Um, but for me, it's like, what do you need and what do you need? And if we might have six people that are all working on a marathon goal, that's great. We, we got six different plans and we might have six people that got one's a marathon and one's their first 50 miler and one's a 5k and one's one's you know like all different distances all different times like well then clearly all their plans are going to be uh different as well so so yeah we, we got we got range of of you know boston qualifiers to mid packers to backer backer of the packers and and longer distance and short distance and trails and roads and obstacles and kind of a little a little 
mix of mix of it all, which which makes it fun. It makes it fun for me because it 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 certainly keeps me in the moment more because it's not like oh another marathon, another marathon, another Boston, another Boston, another Boston. It's like all right, well who's doing? Right, you're doing this, and then you're doing this, and so I really get to kind of drill into different sides of the running and training and and where we are and and what goals are and and I don't know. It's it's fun for me to have a a little bit of variety like that. And everybody is so different, like their backgrounds and like what their physical limits are and what they're going through. Like, so even though you have like marathon distance and 50 Ks and trails and OCR, whatever, like within that complexity is just people and and what their, you know, genetics are made up of and all that stuff, which changes and shifts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, life happens is something that I've said once or twice <laughs> to to everybody and on the mm-hmm. podcast in various places, like life is going to life and you can try to fight it and you're going to lose because, you know, somebody's going to get sick or something's going to happen or the weather's going to be crap or you know, whatever life is going to, life is going to get in the way. And so we, we, I, I try to preach that yeah, we gotta, we gotta roll with punches. We gotta adjust. We gotta adapt, um, do the best we can and, and trust that if you do the best you can over six months, eight months, three years, five years, like you're going to, you're going to see progress, but like, if you get too caught up in like, Oh, the last 40 hours weren't perfect. Like, well then yeah, like guess welcome to welcome to life. Cause uh, a, a solid steady 48 hours. Like that's, 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 you know, I'll take that. Cause I don't get, I don't even get that very often. And I have a pretty chill, relaxed situation. So, um, yeah, you know, we, we just adapt and, and try to focus on the big picture as much as possible because, um, you know, if, if the trajectory is going in that, in the right direction, over time, there's going to be some bumps and some, some missteps and some backtracks and this and that and the other, but, um, try to, try to do that as much as possible. Do you have like, uh, maybe like community runners, like to connect runners together that are, that might be doing, have the same goals and they can keep in touch with each other too, as well as you. This is the kind of networking you'd happen to do. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess a little bit, uh, but that probably happens more through the, like the general Facebook group that Carrie was talking about than just Mm -hmm. through the the folks I'm working with, because while, while there are occasions, especially some of the bigger races, you know, whether it's a Disney or whether it's a a big city major type of race, something like that, it's, it's, it's not unheard of that there might be two or three or four people that happen to be at the same, same race or the same race weekend or something like that. Um, it's probably the more the exception than the rule, but within the Facebook group that, 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 uh, that I like to think is one of the better Facebook groups out there, but I'm, I'm biased. So take it with a grain of salt. Um, there have definitely been like different meetups or, or friendships that have formed. And like um, we did something uh, a hand, I don't know when it was 2020 maybe, or I guess it was probably 2020. We, we ran a, um, that was, is like December of 2020. So it was still in the chaos, but it wasn't quite as, as much of the chaos at that point. Um, but there was a, a trail Ragnar that, that one person in the group was like, Hey, do you think we could get a team together? And it was in kind of my backyard and it was the Florida trail Ragnar that year, which was only half an hour from, from where I lived. So I was like, well, if we do it in Florida, I mean, I can, I'll, I'll be there for sure. Um, and so we put a team together of, you know, people, there was a couple ladies from Washington and a couple from Georgia and a couple from Florida and from Virginia. And, and like, like we just had this whole menagerie of folks that kind of came, came together from that, that all stemmed from, you know, people that were in the Facebook group. A couple of them were, were athletes I coach, a couple of them were, were not, but they like, we all were just connected through there. Um, which was really cool to be a part of. And, and That's um, so cool. yeah, so it's just some of the, and, and there's been times that there's been some of those meetups where I haven't, you know, I wasn't at the race or I wasn't at the event, but like they had connected and knew that they were going to be there and looked each other up and got, you know, so it's, it's cool to see some of that type of thing happening through, um, you know, some of the, 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 the IRL, as the kids say, the, the real life <laughs> connections, mm-hmm. 
that have that maybe I played some little part in of putting together through social media and, and bringing some folks together is pretty cool. Love it. Are there any like uh, success stories that stand out to you of any of your clients that have like overcome something major and had like a great accomplishment? I mean, yeah, <laughs> of course. Uh, well, like, well like, I mean, so of course, like Kerry stands out because like being an obstacle course runner that she did like three marathons last year, yeah. two majors. So that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's, yeah, there's, there's so many carries carries done, done a, an amazing job with the obstacle courses and then kind of getting focused on uh, marathons and like maybe qualifying for Boston and then qualifying for Boston and doing, doing, you know, Boston and New York last year. Like that was, that was pretty cool. Um, I think it's pretty cool that she's getting, getting to go a little bit more back to, not that she's getting to, she's choosing to this year, go back to focusing a little bit more on obstacle course racing and kind of getting yes. back into, into that love of, of the side of the sport, which is cool. But, you know, I mean, and again, it runs the gamut and I don't want to give too many examples because then it gets into why didn't you give my, why didn't you right, talk about yeah. my example? Because like literally like everybody has an example, but like, you know, from, from uh, some folks that like, were just, just nipping at the heels of Boston qualifying and sometimes they'd qualify, but not enough. And then sometimes they they just miss it or whatever to, to finally have in, you know, a couple of folks that, that were, that were chasing that unicorn for three or four years not only qualify, but like have a huge breakthrough. And even with the reduced time, like like they were, they were right at the cusp. And then there was the, that year that Boston cut everybody's times mm -hmm. by like, like to cut the whole standard down by five minutes. Says, yeah. oh, shit, now we're back wow. at, we're back at it again. You know, like, like we got, we got, it's not just getting the buffer down, down now. It's like, we got to get five, but you know, to have them qualify and run good Boston's like, I mean, that, that was really cool. Um, yeah, I, I did a, a big post on, on Facebook the other day um of an athlete that's that i've been coaching for like seven years um and and we just so happened to be be chatting um i was i was setting up calls with a bunch of my folks just kind of saying hey what, what what do you like what do you not like what's what's going right you know how can we improve and we were i was talking to this this one lady and when we started seven years ago like her goal was to run a, a 5 30 marathon and uh like a two-hour half marathon and not that we like lost sight of those goals, but like, you know, then there's, there's every year it's like, well, there, there's this race and I want to do this thing and this and that and the other. And so then looking back on those goals and like, she had just run a one fifty six half marathon in the fall. Um, and she'd blown past five thirty a while ago, but then like, like she was, she ended up running uh, the Houston marathon a couple of weeks ago and, you know, set a big PR at four hours and 10 minutes. It was just like, wow. like you lose sight of, I don't want to say I lose sight of, but yeah, I mean, I guess over six, seven years, sometimes you forget where people started from, um, and where they are now, you know? And then there's, there's a couple athletes I have that, I mean, I don't know if they've ever run a, a race in the time we've been together. At least it's, it's very sporadic. Like they're not big race, race runners for any number of reasons. I got a few folks that just don't, you know, they don't run races, but like just seeing them continue to grow and continue to, to, to challenge themselves other ways in just terms of consistency in terms of mileage or just getting, getting things back on track health wise or things like that and being able to play a part of it. I mean, that's, that's huge. I think, I think too often it's easy to look to, to shine the light on races and race success. And we've got, we've got a lot of that thankfully, but it's also kind of cool to have some folks that, that, that appreciate having a coach and the help and the guidance, but like races aren't their focus. And maybe and they might jump in a race here or there, like at some point, but it's not, we're not training for a race. We're training for I mean, as cliche as it is, but it's like, we're training for life and we're training for health and we're training for longevity. And again, I mean, I keep going on first, first marathons, first ultras, things I never thought I could do this. Thank you for helping me, um, you know, get, get those, get those once. And then, then we've, we ticked that box. And so then the next time is, well, how do I do it better? And and, and try to get faster and things like that. And, um, yeah, it's, 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 I'm definitely at the point now where like, 
like I said earlier, like I, I have goals and I have things I want to achieve for myself as a runner, but like, if I don't achieve those, but I can continue to help other people achieve their goals, like I'm cool with that. Like, I still want to be, you know, I'm not like dismissing my goals, but like my goals are secondary to the goals of the folks that I work with because, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it is selfish. I get, it's not selfish. It's, it's rewarding. Like, like, like I, I, I try to always give them the credit because I'm, I'm not doing the hard part. Like they're doing the hard part of get, of balancing their training and their life and, and getting out there and putting in the miles when it's hot and when it's cold and when it's windy and when it's rainy and whatever. But I guess maybe I do play a little bit of part in keeping people on track and talking them off of a ledge and reminding them of have fun out there and and um and then they go out there and crush it and it's awesome it's awesome. All right, I have one final question. Uh, um, but do you have like a particular like a a favorite race that you had, not distance, but like a like a race that you ran in? Hmm. Oh yeah, I mean I. I'm not going to be the guy that's like, I mean, uh, I love them all. Cause they were all special. Cause like some, <laughs> like I, I, we, I actually just in the last couple months, you know, we, we moved about a year and a half ago. And just in the last couple months, I finally got all my medals out of, um, the containers that I had them in during the move. And I got some, some metal hangers and things like that. So I was hanging things up and like, like there were a few medals that I was like, really, I ran this race. Like, I don't remember that. Right. So I can't say that they're all that special and they all, they all are, are meaningful because there's certainly several that I was like, huh. Disney 2014. Did I, I really ran Disney 2014, huh? I mean, I got a medal. I, I don't remember a thing about that race, but apparently I was there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's this, the, uh, the, the Blue Ridge marathon stands out in part because it was just like, it was tough. I mean, you're running in the, in Roanoke, Virginia, and it's just like all mountains. It's like up and then it's down and then it's up and then it's down and then it's up and then it's down and then it's down and then it's up higher. And then it's just, I mean, it's just nonsense, but it was, it was awesome because like, it was total like community support, like every neighborhood you ran in a couple of them, like they had rolled out, like they had the kegs going and they had the grills going. And like, if you wanted something like, here, have a, have a mimosa here, have a, you know, have a, a, a slider, like whatever, like it was awesome. Like it was oh, just like so a cool. street party. <laughs> um, like, like I ended up like not even hardly using like any of the, the actual race aid stations because like, how do you say no to a kid handing out gummy worms? Like you don't, but then it was like, man, I can't, I can't choke down some, some blocks right now because I just had six gummy worms in the last four miles. So, um, you know, people running their sprinklers cause it was kind of warm. So like I had the sprinkler pointed out to the street so you could run under the water if you wanted. Like, like, so that was really cool. Goodness. Like I said, try to, try to not single out too many without meaning by, by then default, not singling out others. But, um, I, I enjoyed blue Ridge. Like I said, um, ultras have been, have been challenged. Like, like those, those are just different, you know, trail running and ultra running is, is different, but that's, that's been fun to, I've, I've dipped my toes into a couple of, uh, I don't know, five fifty Ks and uh one forty five miler. And so those are just like, those are just kind of it's such a different vibe than, than like road racing, especially like road halves and folds where it's like the time doesn't matter. You know, you stop at the aid station and you chat for 10 minutes and like, you know, I, I, the, the road runner in me from, from 10 years ago, would be like, what do you mean you stop for 10 minutes and like shoot the breeze? And like, like when I did my 45 mile or one of the aid stations, they had a dog, like the guy brought his dog with him and like, it was five loops and every loop, I think I spent five minutes playing with the dog. Like, and, and like, oh, I didn't even think great. twice about it, but if it was a road race, would I have done that? Not, I would, you know, be like, Oh, Hey dog. And then just kept on going. <laughs> so, um, kind of that, that chill environment of a good trail race is, is fun. And goodness, I don't know. I mean, like, like every race does have its own little unique things. I've, I've done too many Disney races that kind of clouds my, my judgment, but, uh, you know, just, just the environment, just getting around with, with people, 
and there's always people faster than you and there's always people slower than you, but just that common, you know, camaraderie, I guess, of, of race day and everybody's out there for their own reasons and with their own goals. And, and we're all just going to, you know, the gun's going to go off and whether it's 3.1 miles or, you know, 6.2 or whatever the distance might be 13 or 26 or whatever, we're going to go out there and we're going to give it our best. And, and I, I think I like the the best about race day. And again, it's just kind of races in general is like, it's not zero sum, at least for me. Like I'm not out there racing for first place, right? Where we're only one, one man, one woman can get first place. That's it. Like I'm racing for, you know, 400th place or whatever it is. And I, I don't care if I'm 401st or 408th or whatever, it doesn't matter. But like, you know, if, if I can kind of help pull somebody along or, or perk them up or heaven forbid, or not heaven forbid, Lord knows so many times that I've been struggling. I'm like, all right, well, there's that guy up there. Like, can I catch him? You know, or, or, and then, and then you get up to me like, dude, thanks for dragging me through those, those last, those last couple of miles. Cause I was struggling, but I, I saw your, you know, your, your bright shirt or whatever it was, your, your hat stood out in the crowd. And I was just like, I'm going to keep that guy in sight. Um, so just kind of that, that type of vibe that, that I think more often than not is present at just about every race is, is pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yep. That, that I can definitely agree with. I remember for the cheap marathon, there was a lady that was running with her daughter in a stroller mm-hmm. and we ping ponged off each other for the back end of that race. And I walked up to her afterwards and I was like, thank you so much for, you know, helping me get through those last couple of miles and helping me get in my Boston qualifier because I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I don't think I would have been able to pull through without it. So that's it definitely those little tiny bits and pieces in races really do make a difference. Yeah, for sure. Did you have anything else you want to ask, Carrie? What is your big goal? I I don't know if you asked this before I got on, but what are your big goals for this year? Um, so like I've learned about myself that my goals need to be more process focused than results focused. Meaning like, like my goals are, are dumb. I'm not dumb, but they work for me. So like my goals are, I, I have a goal to run, uh, the year again this year i've i've done that three of the last four years so that's this year obviously 2024 so it's 2024 miles this year and i'm a little bit behind off the start but we'll be we'll be okay we're not we're not too far behind and um i'll, I'll catch back up um so that's that's kind of like my big overarching goal but then i've got like you know strength training goals and i've got foam rolling goals because i talk a lot about foam rolling and i also am honest that I talk a lot about it. <laughs> I don't necessarily do a lot about it. Um, but, uh, I've, I've foam rolling, like, and my, my goal for foam rolling, and it's also for, for kind of stretching slash mobility work is, uh, it's the same goal for both. It's 300 days this year that I want to do that. Um, but I use this at goals in terms of duration, like how, you know, I want to, I want to foam roll for a hundred minutes a month or whatever the case might be. And like, that would sound good, but then I'd, I'd, I'd sit on the foam roller for 20 minutes. And then it's like, was I really foam rolling for like, no, I wasn't foam rolling for 20 minutes. I just, I just sat on it for 20 minutes. Like, right. uh, yeah. What do I, what do I count that for? So now it's just 300, 300 minutes or I'm sorry, 300 days where I at least do something. So, and, and quite frankly, you know, as we're recording this on the, the 20th, um, I haven't done it yet today, uh, either of them, but so far I'm 19 for, I'm, I guess I'm 18 for 19, uh, through yesterday, uh, of this year. Uh, and most of those days, there's been a couple days where I, I, I've ticked the box by like, stretching for 30 seconds and get the the massage gun out and hit my calves, you know, for 20, 10 seconds each or whatever. But for the most part, I guess just for me, not having that, that thing hanging over my head of like, I've got to do X amount of time. I just have to tick the box. But once it, once you start, 
you know, it's just like, well, I mean, shit, I got the foam roller out. Like I sat on it. And so I guess that ticks the box, but like, I could also roll for five minutes. Like I, that would also, you know, do more than just tick the box. So for the most part, I've been pretty good about working on through those types of things. So, so all that said, those are my, my, my big goals as far as my tangible goals, my goals that I, I'm really focused on, but I, I have this overarching goal and it's been a topic of discussion apparently lately on the podcast, a little bit of running a marathon in every state. And I haven't checked a state off since 2019. Um, I, I feel like I can give myself a pass for 2020 and, and for at least a, a decent chunk of 2021. But, uh, you know, I've lived in Georgia now for a year and a half and, uh, I, I don't, haven't run a, a race in Georgia yet. Um, at least a marathon, like for me, my, my 50 state goal is a marathon in every state in case I didn't make that part clear. So I, I ran a 10 miler here and I ran a half mile, a half marathon here, but I haven't run a marathon yet. So I, I mean, that's like the lowest of low hanging fruits, right? Like you live in the state, like there's a handful of marathons that aren't, right in town, but like, they're not that far away, like run one of them. So, uh, I'd like to get a few States this year, but at least I at least need to get Georgia because goodness, you know, you're never going to get to 50 States if you don't start knocking off a few of them. But when you live in their state and you haven't run a race there yet, like the, or for again, marathon for me, make it happen. So I, I need, to, I, I would like to make a few States happen this year, but at least need to get Georgia off the map, uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah. They have the peach tree marathon there. Don't they? The Jeff Galloway's yeah, there's there's a couple in Atlanta. There was one, I guess there was one like in Augusta, which is just, I mean, our town is kind of like when people in our town say they're going downtown, they don't mean downtown Evans. They mean they're going downtown to Augusta because it's that it's like kind of one in the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like it was one of those like kind of like Carrie's cheat marathon from from a couple years ago. It's like super low frills. Like it's like 10 laps on this little section of the uh, canal path, which is flat. It's like the only way you could run a flat marathon in this part of the state, which would which would have been nice, but I was just like, yeah, I don't want to go run back and forth on mm-hmm. this trail that I run once a month anyway. So uh, I passed on that, but, but there's, there's plenty of options at, at various parts of the state and um, whether it's the spring or whether we, we push it into the fall. Cause of course, Southeast of the United States, there's not a whole lot of options from, you know, April through September. So I don't know if it'll happen this spring just because, I mean, I probably could make it happen, but I don't know if I want to push my training that much, but certainly come fall, I could find something close and close-ish and do it. So just got to, just got to do it. And I'm terrible about making plans. Cause I'll be like, yeah, I'll do it in the fall. And then October will get here. And I'll be like, Oh yeah, I said, yeah, it's the fall now. Crap. So we'll see. There's the, uh, the Northeast kingdom race that I did. That's free that they do a marathon version. I am very intrigued by that because yeah, you, you put that on my radar and, uh, yeah, that yeah. sounds awesome. Like I'm all about and it's great support on the yeah. course. Like there's a bunch of people that come out from the town that have like gummy bears and like water stops and all that on the course. They like it's like the residents really come out in numbers and yeah. really help you, you know, support you on the course. It's great. I don't I don't know while we're on that topic, I don't know why more races don't do that or more towns or whatever. Because it's like you're like, oh, but yeah, it costs money to put on the race. And like, sure it does, but like if I'm going to, I'm going to save whatever, $80, $100, $120, but I'm still traveling. I'm still staying overnight a couple nights. Like I'm still like, that's a small piece of the puzzle. Really. When you think about it, if you're traveling from out of state to go run a race, but like just how much that can bring into a community, yeah. you know, in terms of you bring in several hundred runners or a couple, a thousand runners or something like that to run this free race. And like, and especially like, again, if the community puts it on, so like, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, there's still a cost associated with it, but the net positive sounds like it would be mm-hmm. pretty awesome. Um, so, so yeah, it's, that's, that one has, has skyrocketed to the top of my 
New Hampshire list for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I don't know why more don't do it because like like the they had like a whole area for like local artists to come out and like have their yeah. stuff on display. You know, they had like a like a local artist do the metals. They like carved yeah. them out of wood and everything, and you could get those. It was just it was cool. Yeah. It was a very hilly course, but it was well, it's cool. I, I live in I live in the land of hills now, so I'm no longer afraid of the hilly <laughs> You're courses. You're no longer afraid of the hilly courses. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, what is that? Oh, that was in September. September I think third. end of September. Yeah, something like that. Correctly. It's fall. Fall for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that was one of those random like, hey, coach, like. I found we, this co- we call mar- that the carry special. <laughs> <laughs> I found this half marathon. It's free. I think I'm going to sign up for it. It's like two weeks from now. <laughs> Rock on. <laughs> That's usually how it goes. Like Steph will be like, did you tell coach about it yet? And I'm like, I haven't, I haven't told him yet. I'm still thinking about it. And he's like, she's like, you need to tell him. And I was like, he's just going to look at me and be like, here we go again. I'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like, I'm like one of those, like, I want to do this. I want to do that. But then like, I forget that I want to do X, Y, and Z and I'll put it off. And then like, I'll randomly be scrolling through and see something that like catches my eye. And I'm like, Oh, like I have nothing going on that weekend. That sounds like a great thing to hop on into. Like I'm not trained for it or, well, I was trained for it for that one, but we figure it out. We'll make it work. You know, I just keep him on his toes. Like, (laughs) You, you do indeed <laughs> but that's happened to me before too like um have you uh scrolled through our get email and this race that has an awesome looking medal so then i go and sign up for the race mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> for, sure. for sure they get you that's they do but but you know again i mean it's it's one of those things where they get you but you you also enjoy it right oh, like, yeah. like otherwise you wouldn't do it so yeah. you know it's it's if, if we gotta if for at least for me from the coaching like as long as you're not going like, Hey, you know, I'm, I've been running four miles uh, a week lately. Um, and I got a marathon. Like, I, what do you think about this marathon in two weeks? Like, well then may, maybe not, but like if we're, if we're at a position where the base is good and even if we're not at, at peak fitness, but it's like, Hey, you know, we can, we can run this race with relative confidence that like, we're not going to, we're not going to derail anything. It's not gonna be an injury. Like, like it's not so far you know, you've done it before in terms of a distance or things like that. So you, you kind of know what you're getting yourself into. Like, Mm-hmm. sure we'll figure it out we'll, we'll pace accordingly we'll set goals accordingly we're not you know it's not we know it's not gonna be a pr race so like all right we'll just go out there have fun like give give the kids the high fives or or whatever pet all the see how many dogs you can pet tomorrow on the uh, over the course of the race and and just enjoy yourself Sorry. out there like man make it happen yeah yeah i know like those have been really good like when i'm struggling to like get myself motivated or to get myself out of my head those races have helped to like set a tone for going forward which fair warning that might happen again just no (laughs) (laughs) not like i don't think like half marathon but i might try to find like some 10 milers or something that's a good distance right there and and you know again it's like like sometimes at least for me it just continuing to do the long runs like they're they're important and they build that base and they build it but like at some point like you're just like god i don't want to do another freaking 16 miler be like, oh, I could do this half marathon, or 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 you can go the other way and be like, oh, I could do this marathon, and like it'll be a little bit slow, or I might have to walk the last couple of miles, or like I've got a month, so I can, it'll make me more motivated to do a sixteen and an eighteen, and then I can jump to the marathon because I've done seven of them before, so like I know what I'm kind of getting myself into, like like so it can be nice to kind of have that that 
not this long-term thing you're focusing on, but just kind of this shiny object that you're like, Ooh, that catches my eye. And it just adds a little, adds a little, you know, little sizzle, little spice to the, to the, to the palate, um, little, little palate cleanser. And so, yeah, as much as I, I'll give people a hard time for the, the last minute. Oh yeah. By the way. Um, cause I've got several of those folks that just feel like, Oh, by the way, is, is the, is the, the proper way to inform me that they're running a race. Um, <laughs> it works. And so, you know, we, we, we make, we make it work and it's just, you know, if I can get a little more, the, the more heads up, the better, but you know, we'll, we'll make it work. All right. Um, now we'll get to, um, to like to stick around. I don't know if you're familiar to any, but every, at the end of every episode, I go over 22 too many veteran. Are you familiar with yeah. that? Um, yeah. For any new listeners, 22 Too Many is an awesome organization that brings awareness and remembrance to veterans who die of suicide, and they support prevention as well. Uh, the 22 stands for the number of veterans who die from suicide each day, and the reports don't even take into consideration the drug overdoses or accidents that weren't really accidents. So you can follow 22toomany.org. That's the numbers 22 and then T-O-O many.org. Um, I'll also add the link in the show notes. All right. So I, I select, selected a veteran today. It's um, Brian Theobald. And I'll read his bio. It says, Brian was a true proud American. He had served a month shy of nine years in the U.S. Air Force he also served two tours in Iraq during Iraq Operation Iraqi Freedom and Operation Enduring Freedom. His ultimate dream and goal was to become a special agent in the Air Force Office of Special Investigations. That's pretty cool. With the inspirations of his best friends and brothers, he accomplished his dream in 2014. During Brian's life, he had married his soulmate in 2010 and had a beautiful daughter later that year. His dedication and loyalty to his family was always top-notch. Uh, uh, Brian Theobald lost his battle with PTS on July 21st, 2015. He was 27 years old. And um, this, the thing that stood out to me is there's an article underneath. I'll post it. It's like a long article. I don't want to like read it on the air. But apparently um, there's this guy that runs a race for veterans and he he dedicated his 200th one to brian here and i guess he runs on he does marathons and he's done this was his 200th marathon to run for the veterans and um brian's family actually went to go see him and he felt bad because then he ended up having a drop out of the race but they were just so happy that they were dead that he was dedicating the race to him so yeah what a story but yeah, I just want to keep spreading the word out there and bring attention to our veterans. Yeah, so I think that that's all I have about this time, getting ready to wrap up our final 100th episode of Journey of the Roadrunner. Uh, looking forward to some more exciting things to come. Is there anything you want to tell people where they can find you? Oh, I love your newsletter too. So yeah, you can plug that too. <laughs> you oh. find the best memes, by the way. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. I, I do my best. Um, I'm I'm pretty easy to find in most places. If you if you search Dizruns, uh, you'll you'll probably find me D I Z R U N S or D I Z for those that that are uh, across the pond. Um, 
but uh yeah if you know podcast comes out uh at least at least once a week for sure uh, we got the solo episodes on friday interviews are, are sporadic uh, once a month ish on the interviews but uh there's something new in the podcast feed at least every week and yeah social media diz runs in all the places and uh, i'll come into your inbox but you you got to ask to come in there so you know you get to subscribe to my uh my emails and they read more like blog posts i think or at least i try to write more like blog posts than than uh some of the more typical you know i don't want to say bad things but you know just some of the the salesy emails that we all get way too many of them that we're subscribed Mm -hmm. to for some various reason like um it's it's hopefully hopefully they're they're worth reading is is the ambition admittedly sometimes they're not but they they, i try to make them worth reading most of the time so uh you can you can enter into that in a bunch of different places but i i just appreciate the the opportunity today paul it's 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 a lot of fun and um i'm I'm glad to reconnect after several years and and uh, love what you're doing and especially with, with the 22 too many. I mean, that's a really cool way to, to just shine a light on, on something that, that doesn't get talked about, at least in the, maybe in the non-military communities as much as it, as it could and should. And, and we live in a very military uh, community now. So it's sure. not that it gets talked about here all the time, but it's, it's still kind of hanging over the, the heads a lot of times with, with uh, everybody asks, why'd you move here? You part of the military and you know, well, why did sure. you move here? So it's, it's, it's something that, that hits a little closer to home now than it would have a couple of years ago. So uh, just thank you for doing that and, and wish you guys nothing but uh, success with the new format and continued growth with the show. Thank you so much. Nice All right. And uh, Carrie, you want to give your contact information just because I want to hear you say um, your name in front of Danny, <laughs> your handle. <laughs> uh, you can find me. <laughs> On Instagram at running underscore with underscore the underscore rock star. <laughs> I still laugh because like I remember the first time Coach had to say it. He was like, there's lots of underscores in this one. <laughs> it's a mouthful. We make it difficult. You know? <laughs> I don't know why it ended up like that. I don't know if it's because I put like spaces in it and that's like how, mm. I don't know. I don't know. It's one of those things, but now like I have an identity with it and I feel like if I change it now, like it's just going to be bad. Yeah. Yeah. I actually like prefer the underscores instead of like one long word because then you see all those letters all right, <laughs> squished together. together. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can still find me at the road brothers, R-H-O-D-E on like Instagram and Facebook and it's the road runner one. R-H-O-D-E is the number one at gmail.com. If you have any questions. And um, yeah, thank you both so much for doing this. It's a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Until it. next time, we'll see you all out on the road. And remember, be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes! Yeah!